Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in the love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. Thank you so much for coming today. And we're excited to uh, be back together again to record. It's always such a blessing to get into the studio and have these conversations. And, um, you know, I'm going to be honest, Pam. Uh, 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 Megan, I would not expect anything less <laughs> shocking, from you, my love. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Why well, even preface these things? Yeah, uh, right? But what I want to say is, uh, as we enter into this topic, um, it is something that on my way here to the studio, I have about an hour and 15 minute drive uh, as I come to the studio. You know, I was thinking about this topic and I just really wasn't excited to talk about it because mm. it's something that I find actually quite frustrating. And so what we're going to be talking about today is race and the way that it's being used in current society as um, a a place of division, a a place of, you know, I think personally, I I just think we are getting to an understanding of it that is very unhealthy and not according to God's plan for humanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I just want to admit that, you know, my spirit is a little bit uh, you know, about this topic, but I think right. it is an important topic and hopefully something that, you know, we can discuss in a way that will be compelling to challenge people to maybe right. think about it a little differently and think about it with the mind of Christ instead of the mind of the world. Right. So uh, I'll be honest too, that I was the one kind of driving this one because I have felt that there is way too much confusion in the culture and among believers as well about um, race in general. And I want to start really by saying one litmus test in general Our Lord is the great unifier. He unifies and he brings us all together. The opposite of that, the evil one is the great disunity. What do you want to say? Divider. Divider, right? He's the great divider. So when topics um, in like current events or in your life, look around you, things that are dividing us over and over again are not of God. Yeah, they are not of God, and that's why I really felt compelled to to offer this topic, um, Megan. And thank you for agreeing to to <laughs> talk about it, even though it's not very fun. But I feel like I we exactly this that we're going to put it into the right perspective to give our brothers and sisters who um, maybe are struggling about what's going on to say, okay, this is the Catholic Christian perspective on race. Yes, and I think we can't really even dive into this conversation without starting out, I think, by reading a verse in Galatians, which, you know, we hear sometimes people talk, you know, they'll say it, but are we really taking it to heart? So this is from Galatians 3.28 and St. Paul writes, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. So I think it's like maybe as we start out, just kind of unpacking that a little bit, like what is he talking about? Now, clearly the reality is, yes, there are men and women. All you gender theorists out there, there are men and women. 
yes, God has created men and women. But when St. Paul is saying there's neither male nor female, or he's saying there's neither Jew nor Greek, which really is what getting at race, you know, mm-hmm. Jew nor Greek, mm-hmm. or slave nor free, which then gets to the place of um, social position, which we're actually going to talk about in our next podcast. We're going to we're going from race on this one, and then we're going to talk a little bit about cultural differences and socioeconomic differences that can impact our unity as well in the That's next right. episode. So, you know, Paul is really covering all the bases here in this, you know, short verse where he's saying, when we're thinking about ourselves as Christians, these things that are, yes, real, but divide us are not where our focus is meant to be. Exactly. And I think that is where we've gone as a society where they want to put this huge focus on race as something that is a separator of us and a definer of our identity. Our identity as Christians should be as Christians. Preach! You know, like that is who we are. And even if you're not a Christian, like we are created in the image and likeness of God. Imago Dei. That is our identity. And so how much melanin you have in your skin really has no bearing on what your identity is as a son or daughter of the Lord. Exactly. So how did we get here? It's, it's not like it's new, right? This is right. something that's always been a struggle within human nature is we want to feel a part of a group. Because it makes us feel safe to feel part of something. But often in order to feel part of something, we often, we like to then exclude others so that we can have a sense of our clan, you know? Right. And, the, and the, another aspect of that that I think is, is a big part of it is fear of the unknown. The, something that's very different from us can be fearful because it's just unknown. And I, I guess that's the question I would challenge is... As we're speaking of race, and let's try to be really focused on race as opposed to culture, because we are going to talk about that. What's so different about somebody who's, quote unquote, another race? What's so different? Right. I found it. I was pondering, like, the fact that, you know, this... It seems to be less common now. Like, I guess it seems like COVID has distracted people from it. But remember, there was this huge um, move towards people doing those um, genetic things where you find out what, you know, what your background is, oh, what your yeah. genetic background is, like 23andMe That's and all that it, sort of 23 stuff. 23andMe, yeah. And so you would have thought that what that would have shown people is that everybody's a mishmash. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nobody's so some like pure-blooded this, that, or the other. We're a human race that has, you know, all sorts of variabilities in our genetic material that are, you know, sometimes good and helpful to us. Sometimes they're difficult because they, you know, maybe you've got a predisposition to a certain disease because of your genetic background. But in the end, none of it prevents us from being one as the human race, right? Like we all can interbreed. We can all, you know, we all do the same things, long for the same things, you know, are ordered towards, you know, 
what it takes to survive. It's all the same. So what's the difference? Mm. I mean, how do you see it, Pam? What's the difference? Mm. You know, locality, you know, talk about globally, like where you are born and raised, um, different cultures, really, you know, which is the next segment. But that is, you know, we'll probably keep touching on that, you know, Mm -hmm. briefly. Um, For me, all of my life, I was raised to believe that skin color was no different than eye or hair color. Um, It was just an attribute. And so I'm really befuddled by the people, the racist um, undertones from certain people I've known in my past that would uh, say anything different than that. Um, I've never understood it, so I couldn't really speak as to Mm -hmm. how, you know, all I can see is that it could be a tool that people are using to divide humanity. I mean, I their think own good purpose. Yeah, I think that's definitely or the evil, case, however. right? Yeah, it's an it's it's actually really just lazy. Honestly, it's like yeah. I'm. We're gonna choose something that's very easily identifiable, just visually. Yeah, and we're gonna make judgments based on that, so that we can do the stuff we want to do out of our own selfishness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I want to take advantage of somebody, and I need an excuse, so I'm going to, you know, use this as my excuse. Or I'm going to, um, you know, I don't want to include that person, so I'm going to use an excuse that's easy, and there's my excuse. And I don't think this con- in this conversation we're looking to deny that, you know, grave atrocities Injustices. have been perpetuated yes. in the name of that, right? That that lazy, selfish, you know, trying to you know, judge a person based on something so silly as melanin content in the skin Mm -hmm. has been the justification for terrible things. But my point is this, that's wrong. That's wrong. And we should stand up to that being wrong and not just go along with it on the other end. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, all the people that, that that was used to oppress in the past well, we just need to flip the switch and start oppressing the other people in retribution for what was done in the past. That's not the way forward. No, no, absolutely not. You know, I can't, we can't do this show without um, quoting Martin Luther King, who said it so well about wanting to be judged by the content of your character rather than the color of your skin. That stayed with me. It has all my life because that to me is just like the really, the heart of the matter when it comes to human dignity and really recognizing someone's human dignity has nothing to do with their melanin. Yeah, and I think that you make a good point when you bring that up because I think it does indicate one of the reasons why people want to focus on race. Because guess what? Having yourself judged by the content of your character is a lot more challenging. <laughs> Right. I can't do a darn thing about the color of my skin. And for those of you who don't know me, I am a white woman who actually is quite dark. dark. She's very Italian. Yeah, I'm I'm Italian, Southern Italian. And during she's a medium. I'm a light. uh, I'm a light. She's a medium. Right. But I mean, honestly, during the summer, I am darker than a, a fair number of black people. I, I I remember when I was in high school, uh, we were playing, I was on the softball team and it was a particularly warm spring up in New Hampshire where I was in in uh, high school. 
and uh, I had I just get really dark really fast. And there was a, a girl, an African American girl on my team, who came up to me one day and she put her forearm next to my forearm, and she's just like, "Dang, you <laughs> are so dark." And I and that's the reality. Like, okay, so there I am. You know, dark in the summer, lighter in the winter. What right. is it? Does that do? Have I changed? Am I a different person because right. I'm darker in the summer than I am in the winter? Right. No, yeah. the color of my skin doesn't determine my identity. Right. I, I still love the point you were just making about the the content of character because you know that's a lot about what we focus on is character and virtue and striving toward holiness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason we are motivated to do what we do here on shoulder to shoulder. Right. Is to try and like bring people closer to God. And closer to virtue as well. And it does really impact, you know, we always talk about relationships, right? And and how these things impact our relationships. And it is so sad to me that someone would judge my intentions towards them by my skin color. Like th- the fact that that would be in somebody's heart and mind at any point that I'm going to look at you because you're a different color than me and think anything of you based on that, that does me a disservice. It, it, but it also does you a disservice because when we start out relationships where we have preconceived notions about what a person believes simply because of what you know race they belong to or what class they belong to or whatever, then we are closing ourselves off prima facie to potentially forming a beautiful relationship. Now, sometimes we get over it. You know, sometimes we actually put in the time and put in the effort and learn the truth of a person, regardless of what those preconceived notions may have been. But there's a barrier to it. There's, you know, people may be fearful or just totally closed off to approaching others in relationships simply because of these things that society has told them someone else believes because of their color of the skin. And that's just sad. So sad. I think it it just hurts the heart of God, you know, that beautiful sacred heart. He wants us all to be so unified and looking at one another with love and seeing that interior dignity, seeing him in the other. I mean, that's the most, I mean, we can oh, preach absolutely. that all day. It's yeah. always seeing the Lord in the other because he is our creator. We are one race, the human race. Absolutely. I don't think that we can like talk about this topic without, you know, discussing what's been sort of very much in the news as of the last, you know, year or so is that whole critical race theory oh. thing, you know, um, which has become very, very divisive. You know, in fact, we just had, you know, that ele- an election where the person in Virginia pretty much won because parents were sick and tired of this being pushed into schools. And so right. they elected a guy who said, Youngkin. Uh-huh. Yeah, who said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that, you know, something that we're going to be forcing on our kids. So I just did want to kind of look at a little bit, what is critical race theory? Because, you know, it gets thrown out there as this term. And I, I have to admit, until I was doing a little research on this program, I really didn't even know exactly what they're talking about. Like, what does that even mean? Right. So I, I and I think there's a lot of confusion because I also looked at what are some headlines within the Catholic sphere about it. And I want to read three headlines because it just it speaks to the absolute confusion about this issue. 
One of them was critical race theory and Catholicism go hand in hand. One of them was why critical race theory is contrary to Catholic education. And the other one was should Catholic schools teach critical race theory? So it's basically like pro, con, who the heck knows, (laughs) right? And so I think there is a lack of clarity um, on this issue. But what I did um, kind of as I was reading about it, uh, what I kind of ascertained was that it really has its source in the idea of some, of a Marxist theology, uh, not theology, excuse me, ideology, ideology called yeah. critical theory, which basically talks about different groups, how they've, you know, been oppressed or not oppressed. So basically it divides people into groups, whatever your group of the day is, the flavor of the day of how you're going to divide people into groups. And not from the not from the Lord. Not divide. from the Lord, but however you, you're going to define it for your purposes. And there's always two groups generally, and either there's oppressors or oppressed. Oppressed, Okay. Everybody's either oppressed or oppressors. Right. And so So there's the first lie that's being bought. Right. There's the first lie. Or sold, rather. (laughs) And so what it then says is, is that we acknowledge, as you've acknowledged that a whole group of people have been oppressed. Which they have in many instances. True. But then the, then the the focus then is we need to do whatever it takes in order to rectify it, reverse it, you know, counteract it, right? Okay. But what this the problem with that is it basically completely takes away any individual choice or looking at the actual content of the character of any person. It puts everybody into groups and every decision is made based on groups. Well, that's just not the truth of the matter. No. I mean, no. we should oh, be looking at the 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 that human dignity within each of us. I think that we've gotten away from that as a human race is looking at that inherent dignity that was given to us by our creator. Right, because you know, say you've got, you know, in the United States obviously the the biggest, you know, race divide that, that they, you know, put up is, you know, black versus white, right? And obviously the history of slavery in our cult- in our country is a, a terrible history, it was bad, again, a shortcut to selfishness, basically, you know, in the past they wanted free labor. They wanted, they wanted to be wealthy, mm-hmm. have, you know, whatever these people who were having slaves... So in order to justify what they desired, they made a group decision about the, you know, black people and said, we're going to not acknowledge your dignity as fully human so that we can use you for our purposes. And to justify their own very poor behavior. Right. So that's what happened. But the reality is. There were also people who were vehemently against slavery, who were white, who fought it tooth and nail died to fight against it and to lump those people in the same category as the people who are more than happy to just use it for their own purposes is just wrong wrong Mm -hmm. you know and also us now today who have had absolutely nothing to do with slavery who abhor the concept of it who would never enter into any kind of thing that would even come close to justifying it to say that we're just as bad as those people who did it. It, it doesn't make sense. 
right? And it defies the understanding of looking at a human being for the content of their character and not whatever was done in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it has to be an either or. Either you condemn all people of a certain race because of what their ancestors did in the past, or you totally ignore that injustices were done in the past. It doesn't have to be that. It can be a both and. Right. You can say, yes, things done in the past were wrong, and we speak out against those, and we say that those were wrong, but we're not going to assume that somebody now is in favor of that right. or carries that within them simply because they are the ancestors. of Right. People. You know, Megan, as we start to, to kind of wind down in this episode, I, I, I wanted to go back to the whole impetus that I had for really wanting to do this topic. And that was the, the video that I watched. It's a YouTube presentation um, from one of the curator of the Noah's Ark to talk about Adam and Eve as our first parents, you know, that we descended from them, as the Bible tells us, mm-hmm. and how race came about. It was just a fascinating look at the hu- history of, of humanity and how all that um, came about. And one of the coolest things I remember from it was that at the time of Adam and Eve and our first parents, that our um, genetics was so densely packed at that time that as they started to multiply and have children— that those genetics, it was okay back then to breed with who was there. Mm-hmm. Do you recall this? Yeah, yeah. yeah I re- okay. Yeah. So correct me where I'm wrong on that. But um, And it wasn't until the Tower of Babel, Babel mm-hmm. where things were split and languages split and people went to different continents as well, mm-hmm. that even the melanin started to change in our skin based on our location. Right, right yeah. Which because at that time still having that huge density of genetics – that I guess over time is somewhat watered down. Is that a correct assumption? Well, what happens is, is that, you know, you, when you have, um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to put on the science hat now, the, the, you know, the, genetic, I love it when you do that <laughs> medical genetics of it all. Um, when you have populations that are isolated from each other, what happens is you don't get the intermixing of all the variety of genetic um, abilities like so Codes. you know within within any one gene location there's a numerous what are called alleles so alleles are variations of the same gene so say you've got you know a gene for hair color or whatever there are a number of different alleles that code for hair color that express themselves in different ways. And so you'll have this variety of different hair colors, right? But when you have um, populations that become more isolated from each other and they, you lose the, some of the genetic variability because you don't have you know, so many um, different circulating variations and it, it tends to make things look more similar, right? So... As it'd be interesting to see as the, you know, as the world becomes more um, international and multicultural and things like that, that you'll probably start to see less of people from a certain area looking the same, right? Because it introduces more genetic variability. And I think it's almost easier to understand it from the standpoint of like dog breeding than it is from human, uh, you know, 
genetics because we are so intentional about dog breeding. The reason that we have dogs that look very specifically the way they look for the breed is because they've selected for certain traits. So they've introduced a significant lack of genetic variability within the breeds purposely. Mm-hmm. And so, but then what you find happens is, is actually, as you do that, when you're choosing for what's called a phenotypic expression, which is how things look, uh, it does tend to introduce problems because with a lack of genetic variability, there is also a um, more issue of diseases and, you know, malformations and things like that that can introduce themselves. So, you know, for example, for a dog breed, you know, some dog breeds have major issues with their hips. Yes. Some dog breeds have major issues with their breathing because they've been, you know, bred to have like snouts that are really blunted. So the point being that genetic variability is a good thing. It's a it's something that God has built into uh, the the creation to, you know, be this like sort of robust expression of uh, what any individual species can be, you know, and to protect it from, from disease. And so, you know, what you're basically saying is that race came about not because of something that like was awesome and we should stay in this place of separating them, but because it just became about from an isolation from each other. Right. And that we should, desire to have less isolation from each other and to see each other as brothers and sisters and not adversaries. For sure. Yeah. What a beautiful thing when we start to see each other as beloved children of the King and all one in the body of Christ. Yeah. That's, that's it right there. Right. So I would, you know, I think as we, you know, wrap up on this, I'm not sure how much we, managed to to really cover this topic or to make any progress on it but just what's coming to my heart in this is just just the exhortation to every single human being whether it's you know black white you know asian native american whatever whatever your genetic background happens to be understanding that we are all one in christ jesus whether you're christian or not christ is lord of all that's right and that we treat each other that way. Like, just love. Just go out there and love. And if somebody tells you that, you know, you, you know, hate them or whatever because of your race, just say, no, that's not true. I love you. You are a daughter or son of the right. almighty God. And I am called to love you. And that's it. That's the end of the story. Just yeah. love. Be a unifier, my friends. Love like Jesus. Look into the face and the eyes of the person across from you, wherever you are, and just love them as Jesus would. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. We thank you for walking with us as we try to just understand this world and grow together in in holiness and in relationship. So next time we'll be talking about culture and how we can kind of try to bridge some of those divides. And so we hope that you'll return. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that you'll come back. And uh, until next time, God bless. God bless. God bless.